Hello, and welcome back to Astro Vibes, an ambient vibes podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm recording this episode on the day that Mercury and Jupiter both station direct, and I just want to say, fuck yeah, dude. Last Mercury retrograde of the year, it's a wrap, and we're about to get hella Jupiterian blessings coming our way. Very, very cute. Super cute. Okay, now that I've expressed myself, in this week's episode, I want to tell you all about the significance of sun, moon, and rising signs as we get ready to dive into rising sign interpretations next week. I'll also give you some background on the elements and how they're used in astrology. So, most of us are introduced to astrology through our sun signs, or the sign that the sun was in on the day you were born. Your sun sign is important, but it's part of a much larger picture, and only a tiny piece of the puzzle that astrologers take into account. When I sit down to read a client's chart, the first thing I look at is the individual's rising sign, and then their sun and their moon signs. These three points are jam-packed with knowledge, and they should always be considered in combination with each other, rather than in isolation. Just like last time, It'll be helpful to have your chart on hand as you listen to this episode, because I'll be incorporating some instructions on how to interpret it. If you need help generating it, you can go back and listen to last week's episode, where I give a step-by-step breakdown of how to find it. Again, to find your true rising and moon signs, you'll need your exact birth time, date, and location. But if you don't have that, you can set the chart to noon, and you can still learn some helpful things. Also, if you don't have these memorized yet, I encourage you to Google a short description of each sign's qualities, as well as a chart with the meanings of the houses so that you can get the most out of this episode. I'll do future episodes on these topics, but we're not quite there yet. There's a lot of free resources out there that summarize this information, and you can use it as a reference as I go through how to better understand your sun, moon, and rising signs, as well as their house placements. Oh, my cat. Did you guys hear my cat? I hope you did. Okay. So, how do you locate your sun, moon, and rising on the chart? Your rising sign, in other words, your ascendant, is always on the left side, usually marked by a thick line that says ASC. You can see what sign it's in by looking at the crest of the slice of the pie, the most outermost part of the wheel. The ascendant marks what sign was on the eastern horizon at the time that you came into this world. After I locate the rising sign, the next step I take is looking at that sign's ruler, which we'll get into in a bit. After the ruler, I look at the signs that the sun and moon are in. In the birth chart, the sun is represented by a symbol and it looks like a little circle with a dot in the middle. Your moon sign is represented by a cute little crescent moon. In astrology, we call the sun and moon planets for the sake of simplicity. Even though we know the sun is a star and the moon is our earthly satellite. Also, some astrologers, including the one that you're listening to right now, like to call the sun and the moon the luminaries. Because it's a nice word, luminaries. (laughs) Okay, now you know how to find these buddies on your chart. Let's talk first about the rising sign. To me, this is the hardest to explain and even understand, 
And the best way to really get what it means is to learn more about your own and then see how you relate to it. Your rising sign symbolizes how and why you go about the world. You may have heard it explained as the first impression that you make on new people that you meet. It's what's essential about your personal identity and your motivations for doing things. It helps me to think of the Ascendant as the mask that you take on and off in different settings. But you don't necessarily have control of when you wear this mask or not. It's your gut automatic self that comes out in your natural approach to life. While the sun sign shows your outer expression and your moon sign tells us about your internal self, the rising sign is a little bit of both. Now that we have an idea of what the rising sign is, let's talk about the chart ruler. Each sign in the zodiac is ruled by one or two planets. That is their territory, the sign the planet is most closely linked with. We look to the ruler of your rising sign to see who rules your chart. Your chart ruler is a planet that plays a special role in your life. Most of the time, your chart ruler is not located in your rising sign, it's usually hanging out somewhere else in your chart. In a second, I'm going to tell you the ruler or rulers of each sign in case you don't know who yours is yet. You'll see that some signs are ruled by two planets and others are ruled by just one. The reason for these dual rulerships is that for a long, long time in the history of astrology, we didn't know about the outer planets, which are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Back when rulerships were established, they only had the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn to go off of. Once we discovered that there were further planets out there, we started assigning them rulerships too. The earlier established rulerships are called the traditional rulers, and the newer system that uses the outer planets are the modern rulers. Traditional astrologers tend to disregard the modern rulers while modern astrologers place a lot of importance on them. In my astrology practice, when there's two rulers, I like to look at both and then see which one seems to be more important in the chart based on its placement and the aspects that it makes. Okay, on to your handy list of rulers by sign. Listen up for yours. Aries is ruled by Mars. Taurus is ruled by Venus. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Cancer is ruled by the Moon. Leo is ruled by the Sun. Virgo is also ruled by Mercury. Libra is also ruled by Venus. Scorpio's traditional ruler is Mars, and its modern ruler is Pluto. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Aquarius's traditional ruler is Saturn and its modern ruler is Uranus. Last but not least, Pisces' traditional ruler is Jupiter, and its modern ruler is Neptune. Yay! You know your chart ruler. That's a big deal, TBH. Okay, now you can look back at your chart and check the sign and house that your chart ruler falls in. You're gonna need to know the planet symbol to find this, and you can easily Google that. This area of your life is made more important by its presence. You can also learn a lot by looking at what aspects or relationships exist between your chart ruler and other planets. These are your strongest gifts and challenges, 
arguably the most important aspects in your birth chart. As an example, with Taurus rising, my chart ruler is Venus, planet of love, harmony, beauty, and money. If I look at what Venus is doing in my chart, I see that she's in my Virgo fifth house. The fifth house is about creativity, sex, and pleasure, which is a cute place for Venus to be. You can see why she might feel at home here. My approach to these areas of life is heavily influenced by Virgoan qualities of detail-orientedness, perfectionism, and wanting to be of service. My Venus makes the conjunction aspect with Chiron in my chart. A conjunction means that two planets or points are at the same exact degree, or at least really close together. When you have a conjunction, this means that those two planets or points blend their powers together to create their own kind of vibe and their own kind of influence in a person's life. What is Chiron? Chiron is an asteroid that many astrologers take into account, and it symbolizes our eternal wound, the issue that we're called to constantly deal with and heal from. We will definitely do a whole episode on Chiron one day, and you'll get to learn all about your wound. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about mine. My lovely Chiron in Virgo symbolizes the wound of perfectionism, and the lesson that we Chiron and Virgo babies have to learn is that there's just no such thing as perfect. So being a perfectionist is a painful waste of time and energy. We can't help but want to attain this ideal, and we have to constantly check in with ourselves about how we're doing with that. The fact that my Chiron is so closely linked with my ruler makes it also very important in my chart. How fun, my wound, really important. It is. One way I've experienced this Venus-Chiron combination in my fifth house is that I am super creative and creativity helps me to process my pain and heal from it. And then I'm also a 100% perfectionist when it comes to things that I create. For a long time, this kept me from even creating at all. I thought if it wasn't perfect, what was the point? Things changed once I learned that nothing and no one is perfect, and that there's beauty and imperfection. Now you can imagine my own personal little hell I've built myself uh, as I've made this podcast. But guess what? It's episode 3 and you're still here, and it's okay if I stumble or mispronounce something, or if I go off script and lose my place, because I'm not perfect, and nothing is. So that's my chart ruler, her house, and an example of an aspect that she makes. It's nice to know your chart ruler because then you can start building your own relationship with the planet and start noticing the special gifts that they're giving you. Like when I go for a walk and I see Venus shining bright in the morning or evening sky, I say, hi Venus, thank you. Literally in that voice I say it. Um, and I ask her for the creative inspiration that I need that day. Sometimes I actually feel her influence reaching out to me. I can't explain it, but it's cute. Moving on to sun signs. Your sun sign is your outer expression as you go about your daily life. The house that your sun sign is in will tell you more about where you will most directly experience this side of yourself. In the words of the wonderful astrologer, Chani Nicholas, it's how and where you shine. 
Your sun sign is who you are when you're out with a group of friends or when you're in a meeting with your coworkers. It's less likely to be who you are with your family because they usually see your moon sign the most. You might relate to your rising or your moon sign more than your sun sign, but I guarantee you the people in your life will see your sun sign come out in one way or another. Your sun sign also represents the type of expression that you need to feel revitalized and recharged. This is one practical use of your sun sign in-house knowledge. You can use that information to benefit your self-care. I know that if I don't get to express my Libra-ness for a while, I start to feel a little bit like no one's really seeing me. We like to feel seen. And often, we like to feel seen in the realm and manner that corresponds to your sun sign and house. Go ahead and look at your chart slash pie again to find that circle with the dot in it. Check the crust for the sign and the tip of the slice for your house placement. To use myself as an example, which I will keep doing at least until I get someone else's permission to use their chart, my son is in Libra. I didn't know this for most of my life because I was born on the last day of Virgo season, so everything told me I was a Virgo. This made me feel pretty left out of astrology because although I could tell I had Virgo qualities, which we know that I have because of that lovely Venus Chiron conjunction in Virgo, I just didn't identify as a Virgo inside. It wasn't until I generated my birth chart that I learned that I was born right in time for Libra season. It's really funny because I was born 11 days later than I was supposed to be, so I picture myself in the womb like, no, I don't want to be a Virgo, you can't make me. <laughs> and then so I stayed there, and I stayed there until two hours after the sun crossed into Libra, just to make sure. I have nothing against Virgos, I actually love my Venus in Virgo with all my heart, but I don't think that I would be able to do anything if I were any more self-critical than I already am. On to my house placement. My son is located in the sixth house, which is the house of work, health, and daily habits. I am definitely my most Libra in these realms. We'll talk more about Libra in our next episode, woohoo! But basically, Libra is about balance and relationships. This sign in house is intensified for me because I also have my Mercury, Mars, and Jupiter in that same area. This is called a stellium, or when you have three or more planets in the same sign. In terms of the sixth house, I have an intense need for balance when it comes to my work life, my daily rituals, and how I take care of my health. Sorry about the siren that's passing. I hope that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, when I'm not balanced in these ways, I can feel it immediately. I also have a very sixth house Libra job, which is being a therapist. I literally work with people to create balance in their lives through our relationship. So I'm not playing when I say astrology is real, okay? God. We're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, top this all off with a discussion of the moon sign, as well as the elements. If you enjoy the music played on the break, check the show notes for artists and song info. Talk to you soon!
Last, but not least, moon signs. First of all, I love the moon so much. <laughs> she is the cutest and the sweetest, and I can look straight at her without burning my eye holes. The moon has a 28-ish day cycle around the sun, and it changes signs every two and a half days or so. She goes through regular phases that announce the new and full moons. I have so much to say about her, and soon you'll have a whole episode about how to build your relationship with the moon, and I can't wait for that one. But today, moon signs. The sign and house that your moon is in tells us how and where you find comfort, safety, and security. It gives us clues about your physical and emotional needs. For this reason, the moon is a great place to look at when you're building your self-care toolbox. It's often associated with your past, your childhood, and the way that you've been conditioned to react emotionally. This is rooted in what you learned about emotions when you were a child in your family unit. I've read things about how the moon can potentially be outgrown in life so much that it becomes irrelevant for a person. The moon is where we start emotionally, but it doesn't mean that's where we end on our emotional journeys. That conditioned response might always be there, but as you grow, you're better able to check that response and decide for yourself whether or not it's good for you anymore. It's the sign of your coping mechanisms, which can and should change as you grow. Look at your chart and see what sign and house your moon is in. Do you see connections between this information and your existing self-care routines and coping mechanisms? Can you think of any rituals that you can add based on where this sign falls in your chart? What about that area of life brings you comfort? Just some questions to think about. I don't know, maybe pause the podcast and journal about them for 10 minutes. I don't know, just a crazy idea, god. Enough of that. But props to you if you actually journaled. You're my friend. Example time. <laughs> my moon is in Capricorn in the ninth house. The moon in Capricorn needs structure, responsibility, and to be working towards goals. The ninth house is about higher learning, journeys, and spirituality and philosophy. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a kid, I always felt safest and most comfortable in a learning environment because my day-to-day -day environment was a little bit chaotic. Whether that was literally being in a classroom or reading and writing in my room, that's where I went to regroup. As I've grown up, learning and pondering the higher mysteries of life has definitely continued to be my safe space. That's why I like astrology. I know that for my own self-care, I need to be engaging with my mind in big ways, and to do so with a well-laid-out plan. I have a very nerdy moon. I need that structure to feel like I'm working towards something, or else I feel lost and I don't know where to start. Different Capricorn moons will experience this need for structure and responsibility differently, depending on what house theirs falls in. Amazing, we've looked at the Ascendant, Sun, and Moon signs, and talked about what each one means and why they're important. Now, let's loop in the elements, which are one way to categorize the 12 signs of the zodiac. These categories of fire, air, earth, and water 
tell us about the temperament or the nature of each sign. No pun intended, because I'm pretty sure that pun's been made before. When I'm reading a birth chart, I always check to see what element their sun, moon, and rising signs fall in, because this combination can tell me about the primary ways that this person attunes to life. Fire signs, or Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, tune into life the most through taking action. They make choices quickly and based on their gut impulse, and they seem to radiate energy wherever they go, TBH, so true. Air signs, or Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, tune into life the most through what goes on in their minds and how they express these thoughts to others. They have a need for socialization and mental stimulation. Earth signs, or Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. They tune into life the most through the material world. And I don't mean like they are obsessed with money and things, but they experience life through the things that they can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. They're sensual and practical. Water signs, or Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, tune into life the most through their emotions. They're naturally empathetic, and they can't help but absorb the moods, moods of their surroundings. How does this give us deeper insight into a chart? I'm so glad you asked. Because, by looking at the elements the different planets fall into by sign, especially sun, moon, and rising, you can see the ways a person does, and maybe more importantly, does not tune into their world. It's a helpful framework for remembering that everyone goes through life differently, and that we should be mindful of other people's experiences of it. My planets are pretty much split between earth and air signs, meaning I experience life through my senses and my mind, which checks out. It's not that I can't tune into life through my actions and my feelings, but they're not my go-to channel on the TV. It takes me some real effort to radiate that energy, or to actually feel my feelings, rather than just thinking about them. So, with that BB introduction to the elements, we conclude our show. Thank you so much for listening to me explain things, and props to you for coming back every week to absorb more knowledge. Next week, we'll start getting into interpretations of the rising signs, beginning with Aries and Libra. It's been such a great time talking at this microphone for you, and I can't wait to do it again. For more content, follow Ambient Vibes Music on social media, and check out the merch for Astro Vibes at ambientvibesmusic.com slash AV store. Thank you for listening to Astro Vibes. I'll see you next week.